Welcome back, episode two. We're here again. We're here again. Um, just a quick few things. Uh, firstly, if you do hear us dog whining, he's not in pain. <laughs> he's just a really needy springer. Very needy. Yeah. So we've got him in room, so you might hear him scratching himself. Wagging his tail. He's part of it, so... Um, secondly, I just want to say thank you for all the messages, all um, good vibes we've been getting from people. Yeah, a lot of good feedback, haven't we? We, we appreciate it. Yeah, really appreciate it. Especially um, people we least expected as well, weren't it? Which, it were nice. Yeah. We've enjoyed it. Before we get started on Carla's case, because Carla's going first. Yay! <laughs> Looking forward to it. I just want... To tell you something that me and Carla witnessed overnight. What are you on about? Now, I know majority of people that are on Facebook know about these Facebook live paedophiles things. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, whatever you feel about them, that's, yeah. that's your prerogative. Um, I think a lot of them do a good job. A lot of them don't. A lot of them are just pricks, aren't they, out to score points. Yeah. And they do it wrong way. But there are a good few groups out there. Yeah. Uh, so this one, it came from a Facebook group called Children Online Beating Something Behaviour. I can't remember. It stands for Cobra. I'll have a look now. But anyway, he were a proper piece of shit, wasn't he? He came through. You got notification. We started watching it, didn't we? Yeah. And I was genuine. I was shocked. So it's children online battling real abuse. Can you? Does it say his name? Is post still up? Yeah, post is still up. It was called Jamal of Essex. Honestly, if anybody watched it, you'll know how shocking. So basically, I pressed. I press play on this Facebook Live for this group and there's a gent sat on a park bench and in the first few minutes we find out that he's arranged to meet a 12-year-old girl. Yeah, at the bus stop. At the bus stop. Now, this said bus stop is across from his house. He was sending pictures from the window, on it. Yeah, we're talking like just over a green. Yeah, a bit of grass. Yeah. So... It turns out he's there to meet a 12 year old girl and he was really aggressive to this girl online uh, and he spoke about wanting to stab people, wanting yeah, to feel... Yeah, getting stronger. Yeah, wanting to feel the blade going into people's flesh. Some he's, proper fucked up yeah, shit. Yeah, and he was saying about how his wife, if she don't suck his dick properly, yeah. he beats her. Yeah. Um, and, to, and this, bearing in mind all to a, what he thought were 12 year old, didn't yeah. he? really, really vile. And... Um, it, you it, knew, didn't it, you? He was just acting really shady. He, 
I, d- I don't know, there was just something about him and he was begging and begging to go to the toilet in his house. Now, as soon as he started begging to go to the toilet, I twigged and I thought, do you know what? Police need to get there soon because he spoke about wanting to kill somebody. Yeah, and you said to me, didn't you? And they need to search him. So, a bit, bit later in life, it but, turns out... Yeah, but best bit, it got to me when he was begging for a cig after they let him go to the toilet behind the tree. Yeah. I come back, and then he was like, oh, I'm desperate for a cig. So they go to his wife at his home. They come back and they say, oh, your wife said you don't even smoke. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, he clearly wanted to get away, didn't he? Yeah. So, ten minutes later, it turns out he admits to these... Um, messages and yeah and he admits that he's got between five and six knives on him honestly and it just it completely it changed from a a paedophile yeah to that team saved somebody's life that night because if that was a real 12 year old girl with the weapons the condoms everything he had on him that child was in for an horrific night so police turn up and it turns out he does have the pull all these knives, knives out. and oh. condoms just makes you sick to pity your stomach yeah that it was shocking wasn't it really shocking so if you want to check it out check it out if you don't don't yeah but it's it's a close call it's, that night isn't it's, it it's an eye opener that because, team kudos because do you know what it's an eye opener because you read about all these people and you think, yeah, they exist, but do they really exist that much? Yeah. And then stuff like this, you never know what people are like. No. You can't know a person 100%. He, would, he had a, a wife and kids at home, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Had a job. Ne- I don't even think he'd ever been arrested in his life. No. He'd not got a criminal record. Absolutely nothing. From that to grooming a 12-year-old, telling her all of this horrific abuse he were going to do to her. Yeah. And that he wanted to feel the knife go in somebody's skin and stab him. And gone to the extent of... Actually preparing. Yeah. I'd have loved to have seen what were in his car. It, it, it fucking happens. This shit happens. And that's, I think, why I'm a bit of a true crime geek. Because I'd rather know about this happening than not know. A lot of people... Is it ignorance is bliss? Yeah. But I don't think it's ignorance. I think people just don't like... The for the ferocity or something, shit that happens. Yeah, I suppose. And it is disgusting, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just nosy. <laughs> I would just rather know than not well, know. You do have your certain spot on sofa. Yeah, I you like do. To... You do move me bars off windowsill so you can watch a street. Yeah, that's in case it happens out on the street. <laughs> <laughs> this is tr- all true, by the way. Um, anyway. So, you're first. Shall we go? Crack on. I, I, was, I was struggling this week between two. I couldn't decide. So, I've gone with this one. I hope, not enjoy it, that you know, but I hope it interests you. I'd never heard of it. Completely new to me. Um, and in fact, it popped up on one of Facebook groups. Someone had shared something mm-hmm. so i oh i screen screenshot it saved it and i went back and looked 
So anyway, I want to speak to you about a little girl called Jess- Jessica, sorry, Lunsford. She was nine years old. Right. Okay. So on Friday the 24th of February, 05, Mark Lunsford, he was a single parent to Jessica. Yeah. He woke up, his alarm going off at 5am, which was completely normal, daily routine, getting up for work. Now, he lived in a double trailer in Omasassa, I hope I've said that right, (laughs) Omasassa in Florida. Right. He lived there with his daughter Jessica, who were nine, and his elderly parents. They helped look after Jessica when he went to work, and then he came home and looked after them, took care of them. So anyway, he'd woke up to his alarm and he also heard Jessica's alarm going off because that was normal, she got off school. But after about 15 minutes, he thought... Can I just say, which which nine-year-old gets up at 5am for school? Apparently, bit of background she, I did on her, she absolutely loved school, like she were a top All right, okay. grade A student, so she always... She always got really good grades and, yes, yeah, she's, I think, a bit of a teacher's pet. She were what she always would describe as a very well behaved. Our kids don't get up at five a.m. No, <laughs> trying to grab, the, trying to rag them out of bed at half past seven. We've got all on, haven't we? Um. So anyway, night before on the Thursday, Mark had gone out on a date with his girlfriend. Um. So Jessica stayed with his mum and dad, and they put her to bed. So when her alarm was still going off, he thought, "I had a bit of a late night. She's struggling to get up for school. I'll go wake her up." But when he's gone in her bedroom, she's not there. He has a look about, can't find her. No, like, struggle or anything. Nothing seems out of ordinary. Um, So by this time, obviously, he's woke his parents. They said she went to bed at 10 o'clock that night. So by now, he's ringing police. Yeah. Um, People are obviously in this trailer park helping look for her and what have you. When police come... Um, literally really quickly after it become a nationwide missing children alert right, yeah. and it were issued at first police just assumed that she got up and wandered off but her dad won't buy in that he said that's not what she did she she want a very trusting of other people kind of person she's nine years old right so the da- they, they get some volunteers and they all start looking they brought dogs in, even got a, a dive team were assembled and, and they were a local lake. Yeah. So they still couldn't find anything. They focused on the surrounding area, but no clues at all. So next day, that's when state and federal officers become involved in, invest, in investigation. But after a week, there was still nothing. No idea where this little girl had gone. Now, when a little well, when a child goes missing, especially in America, one of the main things that they do is search the sex offenders register for any local offenders. Yeah. Um, anybody living, obviously, within local area. Now, that then brought them to a gentleman called Jen, uh, John, sorry, not Jen, John Cooey. Right. John Cooey was a 46-year-old and he was not living at the address that he should have been living at, according to his sex offenders register. It's also a law that you are required to inform the gov- the authorities if you move address. 
if you're on sex. if you're on register. Yeah. So when they discover that he's not there, they have a look for him. Yeah. He'd um, got quite a intensive criminal record. Right. But it were like most of it were drugs um, and burglary. But in '91, he was arrested for fondling a minor under 16. Right. So is that why he's on register? Yes. Right. So they found out that he had then gone and moved in with his sister, but failed obviously to tell him he'd moved. So the investigators decided they had to go around to his sisters who lived in a trailer extremely close to Jessica's. Yeah. You could see Jessica's trailer from theirs. So they went to this trailer, it belonged to his sister, Dorothy. Um, she completely denied and it, no, he's not been here, we haven't seen him, this, that and other. So after 19 days, they decide to go back because there's still no clues. Right. And um, so they, have, they have a like brief search, uh, but they tell them that they obviously the one in him in question of why he's not informed of his move why nothing in relation yeah nothing into relation to jessica so they did this brief search um but when they did this search it literally were a brief that they didn't go in no bedrooms nothing just a quick look about so this time they went back, they decided to do a bit of an intensive search. Is this on this woman's trailer? Yeah, this is the sister Dorothy's yeah. and this is 19 days after they originally went looking for John. Yeah. Right, so you with me? So they couldn't find anything until they went to the bedroom that they believed that belonged to John, that's where he'd been staying, and there were blood on the mattress. So then they bring his sister and her partner in for questioning because he's clearly been there. Um, turns out that John had left Two week earlier, um, he'd got a bus to Savannah. Right. But anyway, when he got there, excuse me, when he got there, he checked into an homeless shelter. But by this point, because John had become such an interesting investigation because he'd gone missing and fled, it meant there were an alert out for him. So when he logged into this homeless shelter, it pinged the Savannah authorities. Yeah. So they then went to homeless shelter, picked him up, arrested him. Um, but they let him out because at this point it wasn't a, what's the word I'm looking for? He wasn't wanted in connection for Jessica. He was only wanted because of his violation of change of address. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm right with that. So after they released him, obviously he got scared and he decided to then move on from Savannah and head up to Georgia. But he did exactly the same thing again and checked into another homeless shelter. But by this point, it had become national news. So his picture was all over front of papers, news, you know, everywhere. Well, that's not very good, is it? Bit of a silly idea, isn't it? So... Um, as he's checked in, the woman on reception obviously recognised him and she then rang the police. So the police turned up, this is in Georgia, they arrest him originally, again, for not informing him of being there as a sex offender. 
They take him in, but while they're there, they then ring the detectives in charge back in Florida. Yeah. They then make their way up to come and question him. So they do some intense questioning over a few days, completely denies everything, doesn't know anything. He's starting to get really, really aggravated. Um, but then he agrees to do a lie detector test the next day if he had a lawyer. Right. Right. But when it came to doing it, even though we asked a few times, they still didn't get him a lawyer. Why not? So anyway, in the lie detector test, John failed miserably right. and broke down and cried. He then confessed to everything. Um, he told them exactly where to go find Jessica um, and everything. So here's what is this is his version of events. Okay. Um, he broke into the house, the trailer, at around 3am, but he only went to, with all intentions of burgling, yeah. not anything else. He wanted to just burgle them. So when he walks through the door, Jessica wakes up and the police believed that she probably thought it were a dad coming home because right. he'd been on a date yeah. that night. So he'd gone in, realised Jessica had woken up. He then said to her, follow me to my trailer. Be quiet and follow me. Now, she's obviously gone willingly oh, because there's no signs of any struggle. She was probably scared out of her mind, that's why. You can imagine so, can't yeah. you? Um, so, yeah, so, so this little girl goes with him. Um, and don't forget, he's only taken her literally 100 yards yeah. from her home. Yeah. Um, so, she's, yeah, he, he said she followed no problems. Um, she was really quiet. So when... He got her to his trailer the first night. He admitted to raping her. He admitted to keeping her in bed with him that first night and then raping her again the next morning. After he'd done what he was doing, he told her to climb in the closet right. and stay in there not make a sound, don't tell anybody you're here. And Jessica did. He left the closet door open a little bit so she could see the TV that he'd left on for her, Fruit Gap, but that then basically just played with her mind because all she could see on news was herself. Was herself missing. Yeah. Um, but she stayed there. I, I don't know why... She didn't run, I'd, I'd have How, no idea. If he's in this trailer with yeah. this young girl where his sister lives with her partner, yeah. how the fuck did they not know that he had someone in his bedroom? They did know, didn't they? There's absolutely no fucking way that they would not... Go on. He, he, they would have known. Um... So anyway, she was kept in this closet for three days where he continued to rape her, um, 
kept showing her on purpose alt news articles of every yeah yeah a nine-year-old girl yep how old is he 49 49 i think yeah yeah 49 um Bastard. But ultimately, you remember when I said that the police went and searched trailer? Not properly. Not properly. She were in there. She was still there? She were there, alive. Oh, fucking hell. Not putting any blame onto anybody, by the way. Yeah. You know, an awful thing that happened, but yeah, when, when they didn't search his bedroom or search the closet, she were alive in there. So it could have ended so differently, couldn't it? Yeah. So differently. Um, but anyway, he realised that the police were looking, real, you know, massive search for her. So he decided that he had to get rid of her. So he told her to climb into this carrier bag, black bin bags. He was going to drop her off at a door. But he couldn't let anybody see that he had her. So, she did. Just her and a purple dolphin teddy that she had with her the whole time. And he buried her alive. He buried her alive? He buried her alive. In the black bin bags. And walked away. Where? Just behind his trailer. Just behind his sister's trailer? Just behind his sister's trailer. 100 yards from her home. Oh my God, all that time they're looking for her? Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. Um, so obviously police went, found Jessica. Yeah. When it was, it was said that she was buried alive because she'd managed to get her fingers through black bag. Oh God. Um, That's one of my worst nightmares. I'd, that had, you know, that scares me. Yeah. That drowning or burning. Yeah. No. Um so yeah, and she were she were buried in this black bag and she had a little teddy with her and that's how they found her. Absolute piece of shit. So what happened to him? So anyway, he went to court, um he actually fucking pled not guilty. He he pled not guilty. Wow. Um, but remember how I said that he asked for a lawyer? That evidence had to be thrown out of court. Because he Because asked for a they, yeah, yeah, they didn't follow the rules. But anyway, there were enough evidence. Without that, there were enough evidence to um, convict him. But what it, they did say is when I was looking at this, how hard it was to find some imp impartial jurors. Right. Because it was such a massive case. Yeah, what this vile cretin has done to this nine-year-old girl. Yeah. Um, so Fucking it buried took her alive. Absolute peace. That poor girl must have spent all that time. If only, if only that police officer had searched the closet or well, even if, 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 she, only, if she'd have shouted if only he kept his fucking hands to himself and not been a sick yeah. bastard in first place yeah I know but what I mean there's so many ifs and buts in yeah. there yeah. I can't even begin to imagine like how her dad felt knowing she would just buried 
hundred yards. Awful. Away. So anyway, he was found guilty of all charges and he was um, sentenced to death. Um, in addition, he was sentenced to death in addition to three consecutive life sentences on top. But then on the 30th of September 09, he died. Two years after being in prison. Ugh. Fucking died of natural causes. Oh, of natural causes? Yeah. Why couldn't someone, someone bring him? Yeah, why couldn't someone have done it? Yeah. Absolute piece of shit. Didn't know justice. But interestingly, if anybody has heard of the Jessica's Law, yeah. that is where that originated from. Her dad, after she, obviously this happened. For the sex offenders. Yep, and now that's why you're entitled to know if any sex offenders are living within a certain um, proximity in it we can look it up yeah but yeah that's where it originated from wow <clears throat> it's bad that isn't it like i was reading it i've had to find load like i've used loads of different sources to get information that i got but there were bits that like a mum, I didn't mention it in story because I know it, it don't really make a difference to Jessica, but like when that girl went missing, her real mum didn't even come to help search for her. her. I know her dad, Mark, had sole custody. Yeah. So I don't obviously know what went off earlier on in life, but he had sole custody. But if you'd, surely you'd go look for your daughter, wouldn't you? You would have thought so. So apparently, anyway, because of that, the media at first painted Jessica's family in a really shitty light. Which I can imagine what awful yeah. when your daughter is missing and then you've got the media ripping your personal life yeah. to shreds. Everyone makes mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Some are just a lot fucking bigger than others. Fucking hell. So, yeah, that's that's my one for today, I hope. You've enjoyed that. I did. Good. Did you enjoy it, Jax? He's not bothered. He's not moving. <laughs> so, what you got for me? So, <clears throat> before I start, this case is amazing. All right. <laughs> it's amazing. It will blow your mind. You know, it don't so, take a lot. get your cuppa, get Come your Come on then. Get ready. So, my case is about a young lady called Mary Vincent. Now, at the time of this crime, <clears throat> she was 15 years old. Oh, shut young man. Typical teenager, skipping school, smoking weed. Um, but she were a promising dancer. Uh, she worked front stage at the Lido de Paris in Vegas, which is like a cabaret dancing girls. Yeah, all feathers, lights. Uh, she worked in Australia, Hawaii. So, so she's she been really about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she grew up in Vegas. Uh, parents worked for casinos. Right. Her mum was a dealer. Her dad were uh, machine repair, so fixing out yeah. machines. 
Um, so she's she's run away from home before because her parents are going through a rough divorce. She's a bit of a tear away. She's yeah. a teenager, high emotions, stuff like that. Uh, she actually lived with a boyfriend for a summer in California in a car. For a year? Yeah. So, this day, 29th September 1978, she decides that she wants to go to her granddad's to LA. So she decides to hitchhike. Now, in 1970s, hitchhiking was high. Yeah. People just did it. It was the norm, wasn't it? Yeah, same as people didn't lock the doors. Yeah. People were... Completely different times, wasn't it? Very trusting. Um, so she's hitch- hitchhiking along this freeway in San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, she's at Side Up Road. Um, two other people are hitchhiking at Side Up. And a blue van pulls up. <clears throat> he offers to give Mary a lift. Um... He only offers Mary a lift. He doesn't offer the other two. He says he hasn't got enough space, which is bullshit. (laughs) But did Mary still get in this car? Well, the two two hitchhikers tried to stop her. And she must have been that desperate to get to her granddad's. She still got in. Because, like we said, she's a 15-year-old. She's hyped up. Yeah, she's wanting to get away, ain't she? Yeah. So... This gent in the car, he looks like an old granddad. He's got a kind smile. He's like, yeah, come on, I'll, I'll take you, I'll take you. So she gets in the car with him. He said he's got a daughter at the same age and he's heading to Reno, but he'll take a detour for her. So she thought... How very kind of him. He's a nice family man. He's got a daughter at the same age. He's just, he's just a granddad. Yeah, he wants so to help get, me. So she gets in the car. And um, it turns out this man is called Lawrence Singleton. Did I say that? No, no. Right, this this gent's called Lawrence Singleton. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently divorced, got a really unhealthy relationship with alcohol. All right. So she gets in van and they're driving along and she lights up a cigarette. And she sneezes. And when she sneezes... He grabs the back of her neck and pulls him towards her. Pulls her towards him, sorry. Right. And asks if she's sick, because if she's sick, he needs to know. So she's like, no, get the fuck off me. What are you doing? What are you doing? And that's that. So they carry on driving and Mary falls asleep. (laughs) That was silly. So she wakes up and she realised that they're going the wrong way. So she's like, why where the fuck are, where are you taking me? She finds some sort of sharp stick under a seat and she starts prodding him with it and saying, you best fucking take me where I need to go, otherwise I'm going to whack you with a stick. Pretty brave for a 15-year-old. Yeah. So he apologises and he's like, oh, I've just made a mistake. I, I just I just missed turn off that rate. So she believes him. So he turns Van around. So he's going back to the destination she, that she yeah. wants to go to. And then he starts drinking a little bit while they're driving. And she's like... Is this alcohol, yeah? Yeah. So then this Lauren Singleton says, I'm going to need toilet, so we're going to need to pull over. 
So she's like, okay. So she gets out to stretch her legs. Mm-hmm. And as she's walking about, she notices her shoelaces are undone. And then she's starting to think to herself, if anything goes wrong here, my shoelaces are untied. And I can definitely outrun him because he's an old granddad. Yeah. So she bends down to tie his shoelaces. Well, that a mistake. Bang. Bang, yeah. It all goes black. Turns out he struck her on the back of her head with some sort of small sledgehammer. Oh, fucking hell. And she goes unconscious for a few seconds and she comes back round and he's got his penis in her mouth. And he <laughs> demands uh, to p- perform oral on him or she's going to die. Next, he drags her into the back of the van, rapes her, tells her if she screams she's going to die. He ties both of her hands to the opposite side of the van. She's fucking 15. And he brutally rapes her and sodomises her all through the night. And then he forces her to drink some sort of unknown liquid, which we're assuming is alcohol. And she passes out. Now, the place where they are is somewhere called Del Puerto Canyon. So, she she regains consciousness and uh, she can see that sun's just coming up. Right. So, it's obviously the next day. Yeah. And he drags her out front van as she's pleading with her life to be set free. Please let me go. Please, I won't tell anyone. So, literally begging him. Yeah. She's naked, fully naked, outside of this van. And Lauren Singleton says to her, do you want to be free? So she's like, yeah, well, yeah, obviously I, w- I want to go. So he goes back to the van and he returns with a hatchet. So as he swings and she attempts to stop him, she grabs his arm and then he strikes and he chops her arm off. Oh dear. Her left arm. And she said all that she could feel is like her body were falling falling backwards and it turns out as she's falling her left arm is still gripping Lauren Singleton on his arm because she's gripped him that hard fucking hell so he's trying to cut off her right arm but Mary puts up a fight fights we all might and it takes between three and five strikes for him to chop off her right arm He's chopped both her arms off? Both her arms off. Mary said she felt everything, every little bit of pain, the sharpness, the blood leaking from her arms. She said it felt like hot ooze. She was aware of Of everything. everything. Oh, my God. So she goes completely limp. She's obviously losing a lot of blood. (coughs) And Lauren Singleton thinks she's dead. Right. So he picks her up and he throws her over a 30-foot cliff. Hang on. Hang on. She's obviously alive or was alive to she's tell. She's shock. But, I mean, to tell you that she knew what it, how she remembers the oh, pain. Yeah. So he's chopped both arms off, thrown her over a 30-foot cliff and she still survived. 
So he throws her down the cliff. Fuck. She breaks four ribs on her way down. Lawrence Singleton then climbs down the cliff and shoves the body into a, like a big concrete pipe. And she remembers him saying to her, Okay, you're free now. <laughs> Fucking so, hell. as far as he's concerned, he's left her. She's dead. Yeah, that's it. Um, she's getting sleepy. She's getting cold. She's losing all this blood. I'm surprised she's not dying. But then this voice comes into her head of, what if he does this to another girl? What if he does it again? So she pulls herself out of this concrete pipe. But he's chopped both her arms off. Yeah. She's broken four ribs. She's yep. just been thrown down a 30-foot fucking... Yep. Survival mode kicks in. She sticks her arms in the dirt. But the well, fresh wounds? Yeah. She uses the mud to pat against what's left of her arms to try and stop the bleeding. Right. And she's 15 years old. Yeah. So it turns this out... This is blowing my fucking... Mary head. Vincent then... She crawls back, back up that cliff to the roadside. So she gets herself out of the concrete pipe. Yeah. Climbs away with both arms freshly chopped off. Yeah. Losing blood. What a girl. And she climbs back up this cliff. Up this cliff. Now, bearing in mind, when I said to you, when she got out of the van, what time of day were it? It was... Morning, one next Summer morning. coming up. When she gets to the top of the cliff, it's completely black. So she can hear the noise of the freeway. Yeah. Her adrenaline's kicking in, and she just starts walking along this road. She just thinks, "What? What can? What can I do? There's no one here. I'm just going to walk towards sound." If you could hear that freeway after you've gone through what you've just gone through, yeah, you would use every bit. In your body she's to follow that noise. She's an incredible woman. Yeah, extremely. So she starts walking down this road. Daylight comes up and she sees the first car. All she describes it as is it's a red car. It's got no roof, so it's convertible. Yeah. And it's got two guys in. So she stood there in the road. She's naked as well, isn't she? Completely naked. Both her arms cut off. Both her arms cut off. I don't know. I don't think... Could you imagine pulling up to that? And these two guys drove past. Fuck off. They drove past. What? How could you ignore that? So she carries on walking down middle of the road. Next car comes. It's a couple that are on the honeymoon. And they're lost. They pull over for her. They rush her to her phone so they can call paramedics. Wrapped, which were essentially her elbows, in towels to try yeah. and stop the bleeding. She held her arms up. To stop bleeding. To stop the muscles and blood falling out because there was that much blood. Rescue helicopter came and got her. And it turns out she'd lost over half the blood in her body. And she still managed to do what she did. Yeah. So after she's been in hospital 
Mm-hmm. Um, police come and interview her, and she's so accurate with her description and her composite sketch was that good that after 10 days Lauren Singleton's neighbour phoned up and said that's, that's my, my neighbour that's my neighbour let me have a look do you want to see his picture? yeah of course I do I'll show you it end no oh let me get my phone no then. go on it's alright show me it end right <clears throat> so during a recovery, especially it's fit Mary with prosthetics and she's got like little grabber things. Things on her bottom hands. She returns to school, adapting to a new disability. So police get a singleton and Mary Vin- Mary Vincent actually testified against him. He said that she were a prostitute, claiming he hadn't done it. He also said it was someone else that had been in car and Mary had threatened him with false accusations. He called her a $10 a night whore. But despite everything that he said, she still stood up in court and pointed one of her hooked prosthetic arms at him. She only referred to him as my attacker. Wow. Wow. She's 15. I can't get over the bravery. Yeah. And sheer determination. That has took some fucking power. And it's took some mental mind over matter. I need to get out of this. And I need to save myself. Yeah. So, they've got overwhelming evidence against him. Mm-hmm. And he's convicted of multiple charges. Mary, when she was leaving courtroom, he made a sly comment to her that he later admitted, which was, I'll finish this job if it takes me the rest of my life. Fuck off. So Mary was obviously really scared. <clears throat> She's handicapped. So she moves away. And she ends up living in fear for years over this man. Yeah. Well, I can imagine. That's got to have caused some some serious scars, some mental scars that probably even now, you know, a lot later on in life probably didn't heal. Yeah. So, he serves eight years and four months. Fuck off. Yeah. They released Lauren Singleton because he was a model prisoner. <laughs> the old granddad act, eh? He still claimed he was innocent and he never raped or dismembered her. Um, towns in California refused to allow him to move or live God. anywhere near them. He joined Alcoholics Anonymous. Meanwhile, Mary's still... In fear. In fear. He said that he felt like he was victim in attack and he decided to sue Mary Vincent. Fuck off. Yeah. So while he's in jail, he considered the alleged events and knew he was not guilty. He said Mary threatened him and said that she was going to accuse him of rape and she brandished a stick at him. 
Um, he said that that's why he became violent, uh, violent, maintaining mistreatment from courts. He filed a complaint against Mary Vincent for forcible kidnap for the purposes of robbery. Fucking unbelievable. Obviously, this lawsuit never, to never, never, never not. happened. To be hopes not. So yeah, he um, he moves back to Florida eventually, and he's arrested in nineteen ninety for petty theft. He was sentenced to two years, and he served a little bit, and then in ninety seven. He lured a young prostitute by the name of Roxanne Hayes to his house where he attacked her. Neighbours called police, hearing noises. When police arrived, they find him covered in blood with the body of Roxanne Hayes lying on the floor dead. The mother of three children had been stabbed multiple times in the torso. Fucking piece of shit. This time, he was convicted of murder and sentenced to the death penalty. He died in 2001 on death row, finally giving Mary... A chance at life. Yeah. He's However, dead. his earlier release while serving the sentence for raping and dismembering Vincent left anger and sadness in those who thought Roxanne Hayes' murder could have been prevented. Of course it could have been. Oh, God, hindsight's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That's blown my fucking mind. So, Mary Vincent, after years of recovery, she got married, but got later divorced. What she'd gone through had caused the years of stress. I can only... Depression, nightmares. She became a mother to two boys. She also... Unbelievably, became began to paint, draw, and sketch. Uh, it's like a new sort of. It's a different life for her, I believe. And some of her artwork is valued at two thousand dollars or more. Oh wow! Well. Good on her. And I hope she's moved along in some sort of way. Yeah, got a can. bit of peace. But that... I just could not believe that a fifteen-year-old had been violently torn apart and she had the willpower to climb back up that 30-foot cliff Yeah. with no arms. With no arms. Completely naked, four broken ribs. Unbelievable. An amazing story. Do you know what? I, a lot of people would have give up. Definitely. I think that's took the most incredible strength Definitely. That anyone could possibly have. So, I hope you've enjoyed episode two. Yeah, that's a wrap from us, isn't it? Uh, We are going to be doing a podcast per week during lockdown. (laughs) We couldn't couldn't help ourselves, could we? No. Not got a lot else. But then when lockdown's done, we'll go back to uh, fortnightly. Yeah, of course we will. So, thanks again for all the messages. Yeah, please do um, let us know if you enjoy it. If you don't, also let us know. Um, and I hope we've been a little bit better this episode I'm still quite nervous I think we both are but we're getting there Yeah. I do think it's a bit of a confidence boost when messages have 
coming on it and it's it's helped. Hopefully the the stories blow them away that much they don't realise that how shit we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they get so lost in the stories they forget who's uh, who's doing this and how shit the sound. Anyway, see ya. See ya.